Welcome into Summer Brecky here on SEN, Thursday the 11th of January. I'm here with Jaleesa Apps. Trent Copeland is my name. We are here for Brighton's Lawyers. Unable to work due to injury or illness, contact Brighton's Lawyers. Good morning, everyone, on SEN 1170 AM here in Sydney. Uh, we are in the chairs for Vossi and Brandy. And for the rest of the week, we've got you listening up in SENQ, 693 AM in Brizzy for Patton Heels. Good morning to everyone else across the SEN network. Pick up your phone and speak with us on the Suncorp open line, one 1170 Get your home storm season ready with Suncorp. That number again to call us, one 1170 If you can't listen live, catch up via the podcast. Breakfast with Vossie and Brandy is what you need to search for on your favourite podcast platform. And of course, you can find all the podcasts on the SEN app. Today, we will have... Sydney Thunder's Alex Ross on the show, SEN tennis expert Brett Phillips, Mitch Abaya from Sportsbet, and we've got lots of sport news to get through. But before we get there, Jaleesa, we've had one morning. We have had a morning. And when I say we, Ooh, I mean you. It was Tell dramatic. Us. I'm very sweaty at the moment from the anxiety. <laughs> well, I pulled up outside and I went to send a message in the WhatsApp group and I was like, hey guys, I'm downstairs. Let me into the parking so I don't get another parking ticket. <laughs> um, so I, then I sat there for a bit and I thought, no one's replying to me. This rude. And then I went to call Ben and it said, this service is not available from this number. It was weird. Why would Ben disconnect his number? <laughs> no, no, it's my number who had been disconnected because I hadn't paid my bill. Now, the oh, reason I hadn't... Dear. The reason I hadn't paid my bill is because my credit card got hacked or scammed or whatever. So they sent me a new card. I'm in the process of updating every bloody number in the world. I did get a text message the other day saying you haven't updated your bill. I thought, yeah, yeah, blah, blah, blah. I'll I'll get to that. So then I'm running around North Sydney and I can see the time ticking down. And I'm like, oh my God, we're on air in like 15 minutes. Oh my God, we're on air in nine minutes. We're on air in six minutes. And I can see the time ticking down. And I was trying to connect to every dodgy Wi-Fi Anywhere I could. On the streets. On the streets. Running around on the streets. So I did manage to connect to a few Wi-Fi's, which I'm sure have just taken all my credit card details again, because they (laughs) certainly didn't give me any internet, but they were connected to my phone. So the panic. Anyway, Ooh Media came through. So there's a free plug for them. (laughs) Um, If anyone works in the North Sydney precinct, not at SEN, (laughs) and, and has... CCTV footage available and ready to clip up and send. I'd love to see from 5.30am to 6am. Oh my God, the panic. Just running around. (laughs) I still don't have, like, I'm still not connected. Nobody call me. I mean, I don't answer anyway, but don't want, no one call me because you can't. (laughs) You need to get to your workplace and, uh, connect to the Wi-Fi, get your life in order. I'm hoping I can get in the ad break. I can scam some SEN Wi-Fi. (laughs) Uh, let's get on to some sporting news. Uh, the Brisbane Heat last night, they knocked off the Scorchers up at the Gabba. They lock up top spot on that BBL ladder and seal two home finals. And we'll talk a little bit about that because the Gabba is out of action for one of those, which is going to be interesting. And we can talk about that. But the Scorchers made 168 all out from their 20 overs in reply to the Heat's 6 for 191. Michael Nisa, the hero there. We'll talk about that a little later. Uh, the big news yesterday, Jaleesa, we had speculated for, it felt like three weeks, mm. about or three years even, mm. <laughs> about who was like going to open the batting for Australia. 
And the opinion coming from everywhere was starting to become a bit tiresome. Yeah. And then we get the team named and the announcement of Matt Renshaw was almost swept under the rug because it was Steve Smith to open the batting. Mm. It was Cameron Green to come in and bat at four. And just before we get into this, let's listen to the press conference yesterday. And there's some meaty stuff in here. So we'll take you through, firstly, the announcement of Steve Smith at the top of the order, Cameron Green into the 11. This is George Bailey speaking yesterday. Steve Smith will be opening the batting and Cameron Green will come into the number four position, which is fantastic. A number of factors. I think um, first and foremost, regard in which we we hold Cameron um, and I think the way the, the rest of that batting order is functioning left us feeling like that we have someone who we think is pretty talented who potentially was going to find it hard to get any test cricket in the next period 12 months or so so um you know trying to trying to work out a way and and not and you know i don't think that's going to be particularly beneficial for for greeny and i think we can get a lot of benefits out of him playing so working through some of the solutions to that and how he could potentially slot in and where that could be i mean steve steve's obviously motivated and energized and, and keen to do it there were plenty uh plenty within the team who uh were pretty keen to go on record and say that they weren't keen to do it so it was refreshing that um steve had come forward and and said he wanted it and it was something that you know we'd, we'd been chatting about in the background as a as a selection panel um with the coaches as well and with pat just around if you were going to rejig it what some of the potential options were so, Jaleesa, initial thoughts when you're hearing George Bailey, get through that. Let's isolate it to the selection and probably the words spoken about Cameron Green and wanting to get someone of that level of talent back in the team right here, right now. Let's uh, park the other issues for now, but mm. your initial thoughts there. Um, when, The way I became more convinced when I was listening to him speak, uh, because I think I am still maybe on the side a little bit of, I just think you need to work your way, your turn, work your way into the side. If there's not a spot for you, I mean, there is now that mm. um, Steve Smith has put his hand up to move. If he hadn't though, were they going to put him at opener? I guess we'll never know, but... Was it just about getting him into the side wherever you could? Um, and I guess this is the best time to come into. He's never had a, a a better run to come into the side. So, Yeah, against the West Indies, you would imagine. There is some obviously looking to the future. There's a lot of looking to the future here. Yeah, no doubt. And I guess that's uh, – I've got a pretty strong opinion on some of the reaction that's been coming through in the last 12, 14 days. Tell uh, us. Uh, well, some of the rhetoric from ex-players, media, of which, you know, I am one now, mm -hmm. sitting here right now, I'm on seven all summer talking cricket, all year round, have an opinion on social media. So I, I'm not removed from that situation. Yeah. And I'm sure I fall into this category at times. So I'm certainly not saying you, 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 and not looking in the mirror as well. Yeah. But one thing we've just got to be really careful of is... It's such an easy assumption to make that Cameron Bancroft's role in Sandpaper Gate had something to do with this because he's averaging over 50, he scored a bucket load of runs mm -hmm. and he has done for years. Let's just get our head out of the sand for a second and remember that you're calling George Bailey's character into question. If you can't see that 
selecting a national cricket team is actually difficult because there are a lot of good people that mm. could absolutely take that role and do really well with it. For everyone to jump to conclusions to say that there's player issues with him, George Bailey and the selection panel clearly have a black mark against his name. It's a slap in the face to the Sheffield Shield competition. I mean, seriously, mm. just sit back before you're willing to throw that stuff out there and go for people's heads on their character. Mm. Sit back and think Cameron Bancroft's job is to score runs and to churn them out. Mm. His manager yesterday, Ben Tippett, came out and was really backing in his player. We might actually take a listen now on what Ben Tippett told SEN last night about the whole scenario. It's a tough one, isn't it? It's sort of, obviously found out yesterday and um, he'd get a phone call, which was always, always much better to find out directly from the selectors. Um, and I guess he'd just gone through a whole range of emotions, like with any disappointment. So yesterday, really, really upset and, um, uh, you know, as you are disappointed, I guess is probably more the, the feeling. And then today, um, you know, you're a little bit more angry about it and, and all of that stuff, but um, I guess he, he's such a positive bloke with everything he's been through. Um, when I spoke to him about an hour and a half ago, he was back in the nets hitting and just trying to put it all behind him and get back to playing cricket. So um, human nature to go through all those different ranges of emotions and I'm sure it'll sort of stick with him for a while. But um, yeah, he, he's moving on. So that's a natural reaction for me and I'm totally cool with that. And, and from players camp to family... Be filthy. No issues with that because it is personal. He uh, spoke well, though. He spoke beautifully. I, I think that is such a fair comment. Uh, he is speaking in real terms. This is the reality of professional sport. It's brutal. At times you think you're going to get picked and you just flat out don't. And it, it's it's not personal. I want to then just before I come to you on this, let's go to what George Bailey said about Cameron Bancroft's non-inclusion because he's potentially off with teammates. I'm glad you asked that because I wanted to touch on it. Categorically, no. <clears throat> and I've shared this with Cameron on a, on a number of occasions. It has never at any stage been discussed as a from the panel's perspective. Uh, it's purely a cricketing decision. There is not a member of the team that would have uh, an issue with with Cam playing. We, we certainly don't have an issue with it. Um, I, I think a lot of people tend to forget the fact that Cam's actually played test cricket since returning from the ban, it was a long time ago. Um, we've all moved well past that. I'd be disappointed if that's why, if, if people were looking to that as a, as a reason. Um, and, you know, all I can do is, is reiterate to you and, and, and to Cam um, that that's, that's not the case. Um, never has been and never will be. Now, I love that George Bailey's happy enough to do that and sit in that, embrace it and just acknowledge it. But this is just ridiculous that he's had to even say that. I've got to say that when we're talking about conjecture around selection decisions, don't just jump to conclusions and hack people down when you don't need to. I think it's a hard sell. I See, I don't necessarily think even if you've left him out because of, say, tensions with teammates or whatever, I don't think that calls into anyone's character. I think maybe that's just the reality, if, if that were the case. Now, George has said that's not the case, but if that were the case, I could understand it. Yeah, okay, there's all these weird tensions there from that time and um, it's just not the right fit now. I don't necessarily, I don't think that's a bad decision. Um, I find it's a pretty hard sell to tell people that Matt Renshaw is a better choice. 
it's not a hard sell to put um, Steve Smith at the top and get Cameron Green in there because, you know, there's all these raps on Cameron Green. There's people see a lot of in him as not just a uh, batter but an all-rounder um, and you do want to foster that talent coming in. I don't think that's a hard sell. I think it's a hard sell to s- why was Renshaw the better choice? So if you look at the last 18 months of first-class numbers around the world, their numbers are actually incredibly similar. But the one big difference that I see is that Matt Renshaw has batted in the middle order a lot. And as the mm-hmm. spare batter on tour, being able to replace anyone in the batting order, no matter the position, mm-hmm. would absolutely be in play here. Marcus Harris, Cameron Bancroft can bat at the top. I'm sure Cameron Bancroft's batted in the middle order in white ball cricket, yeah. and I'm sure he probably could. Mm. But the reality is that Matt Renshaw has batted anywhere from one to probably five in the order for Queensland in recent Sheffield Shield matches. Mm. So I've just got no doubt that that's come into play as far as this. It it may, had it been a genuine decision on who is opening tomorrow, for example, for Australia, it's not Steve Smith. Who is it? I think we might've seen Cameron Bancroft in the team. There's a genuine I think question there was just there. this massive desire to get Cameron Green in the team, and I think he was in the Absolutely. team no matter what. So I think he would have been opening. Okay. But, yeah, I get – I maybe, yeah, I, I mean, I, I take your point. I think just for the general public, it is it is a bit of a hard sell when you do see I, – I don't think it diminishes the I, – I don't agree with the uh, Sheffield Shield that it diminishes the importance of that, that kind of mm. rhetoric. I, I don't really agree with that because I do think there's – all kinds of circumstances that go into selection that uh, are outside the Sheffield Shield. Yeah. Um, so I think to come to say like if you're just scoring in Sheffield Shield, but yeah, I just I, I do feel like it is a hard sell to say Cameron Brancroft is not as good as Matt Renshaw, or if not better. Yeah, we've, got, we've had a text come in here now. Uh, Edgewater Homes text line oh four five seven seven three six seven three six. The Suncorp open line one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. What did you make of George Bailey's comments yesterday? Did Australia pick the right team? We'll talk about the ODI squad at some point this morning as well. But the text from Bondi Jack this morning, JA and TC, add Renshaw's two first class games mid year in brackets one forty one twelve and 78 Aussie versus New Zealand to his 484 runs this summer. He has 814 first-class runs at 54.3, far more than Bancroft at the same average. Last summer, 22-23, years 22-23. Matty made 492 first-class runs at 70.3, far more prolific than Bancroft. Perceptions, Bondi Jack. So, look, I would say... If you're looking purely at Sheffield Shield numbers for the last three years, I think Bancroft probably has a better resume. But Renshaw has been doing it across all formats in the UK, Mm -hmm. just like Bancroft has. So Mm -hmm. there's lots to divulge, lots to talk about, lots lots of conjecture on whether this was right or wrong. Interesting in there he said that it wasn't um, the whole like whether there's any hangover from the team wasn't even ever brought up. Yeah. I find that interesting. I would think even if you want to go with him, surely that's a point that you explore in the selection table. You go, hey, is there anyone, like, is there anyone know of any issues that anyone, no, there's not? Okay, great. I find it interesting that you wouldn't even discuss it. Well, I think that because he's played since then, 
And it, all these guys yeah, play the against each other. In came out, uh, I think every, I think that's the interview that everyone's thinking is maybe, yeah, you know, that that came out after that. So yeah, he's played since then. Then there was all that drama around the interview and whether he was he blaming the bowlers that kind of, and yep. apparently that was you know taken out of context or whatever or didn't come across the way in print, which you could believe, you know, yep. when, when you say things and when they come across in print, it. it the journal, it might've written exactly what was said, but when it comes across on print, it looks a little different. So I think it would be odd to me. It It is odd to me that that didn't come up even as a, just a discussion point, even if there's check nothing off. there, just to, just to check a box. I, I find that very strange. Yeah, that's fair. Summer breakfast is powered by Kubota for over 40 years. We've been making tomorrow matter, shaping and building Australia together. For those of you north of the border, a reminder that Maccas are proud sponsors of Little Legends, supporting grassroots sport across Queensland. You can text us right now and have your say on the Edgewater Homes text line 0457 736 736. Edgewater Homes Mortgage Fund, up to $1,500 a month off your home loan for two years. T's and C's apply. That text number again, 0457 736 736. If you'd like to talk to us, you can pick up the phone and have your say on the Suncorp open line, 1300 01 1170. And there's been plenty of opinion coming in already. Jaleesa, you've had some good opinion. You've also had a morning. Oh, yeah, didn't I ever. I'm currently um, multitasking at the moment. I'm on a chat with Telstra to get my phone reconnected. Um, so <laughs> don't yeah. ever say I don't do anything for you. I shared the Wi-Fi you password. Did share the Wi-Fi well password. Well done. You are yeah. officially online. Would have been really helpful when I was running around downstairs <laughs> outside North Sydney. I should have just tried to get you to share the Wi-Fi password. <laughs> no one knew where I was. I did think. Is anyone watching this CCTV in like of our building and seeing like me in distress and just going, lol, <laughs> I'm not going to help her. Let's leave her out there. Yeah. yeah. Your, your ability to think about post six o'clock, if we were already on air oh. thinking your solution at that point was actually just to loiter I, I ju- I just, and wait for James no, to come No, yeah, downstairs. I just thought, you know what, um, you know, when you're lost, they say, if you get lost, just stay put. I was going to get, <laughs> I was going to stay put outside the door and thought, okay, well, James you know, tech James will come out, he'll, he'll be getting a coffee and he'll see me and he'll save the day. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, he did the save the day cause he eventually left me back in the parking cause I parked illegally. Oh dear. You know, it's We're all going there. on. We're back there. Uh, we have had some texts coming in this morning. Uh, this one from OJ. I agree with you, Jaleesa. Bancroft should have at least been in the squad ahead of Renshaw, even if he wasn't going to be in the eleven. I guess that's that's the other question is if if on merit he was the next best player, would you pick him in the squad? And if something happened to a middle order player and you didn't think Bancroft could fill that role, you have the conversation at that point and replace with someone else. That's the only other thing that I think could have been done. But yeah. anyway, interesting point. Morning, TJ. Have to take Bailey at his word, move on. Just yeah. hope that they have it right with Smith. Cheers, yeah. the big G. Yeah, and that's fair enough. I'd take Bailey, I'd take George Bailey at his word. I find it um, bizarre that they didn't have the conversation to say, is there any tension amongst the team? But um, they didn't. They obviously didn't feel they needed to. And a highlight of every morning here on SEN, we did mention that Suncorp open line, one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. 1170 You know where this is going. It's Gary. Good morning, Gary. Good morning, Gary. Good morning, Trent and Jaleesa. Jaleesa, I was just listening to you when you first got on the on the phone early in the morning, and then you got frustrated about 
He hasn't even got his phone on. I'm trying to park the car. I don't want to get a phone. That put a smile on my face. But I just <laughs> want to ring up and say, say that, uh, you know, onwards and upwards, and I just want to get you closer to the phone. I want to give you a big hug, mate, and uh, things will be better going forward. That's oh, all I to say Gary, I'd love a big hug, and, and your impersonation of me is uncanny. I thought, <laughs> I thought you were playing the audio. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Gary. Have a great day, Thanks, mate. Thanks, Gary. Bye. <laughs> We've got uh, another couple of texts floating in here every day. It's it, I'm never cease to be amazed with Gary. He's taking Parramatta off the canvas, getting them going, and now he's giving Gary. you a hug. It's brilliant. Yeah. Uh, morning. Unfortunately, some people, media included, need something to be outraged over. So this would still be happening if Bancroft was selected. Just the opposite. That's an interesting perspective as well. Yeah. Time now for a break. Thanks, Nathan. We're here for Bing Lee. Better living every day and we're powered by Kubota. For over 40 years, we've been making tomorrow matter, shaping and building Australia together. I'll tell you what, it's all happening in the studio here right now. There's some frustration coming through the mic. I can tell today is just not my day. You know when you wake up and you're like, the universe is not. (laughs) And I like to embrace, as I mentioned the other day, the burnt toast theory. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Something, something is going wrong so that something can go right. It's between me and God. Okay. All right. <laughs> well, while you're contemplating that, if you're only just waking up, here are the headlines that we've been discussing. The Brisbane Heat have locked in top spot on the BBL ladder after a win over the Perth Scorchers last night. We've had plenty of discussion following confirmation yesterday that Steve Smith will replace David Warner at the top of the order. And plenty of you have had your say on the selection of Matt Renshaw over Cameron Bancroft in the Australian squad. I'm sure there's some Queensland listeners quite happy about that. Some WA folk not so pleased about it. You can continue to have your say. The Edgewater Homes text line is 0457 736 736 or pick up the phone and talk to us. We'd love that. Uh, Tell Jaleesa exactly what you think about this morning. Uh, Like Garrity, give her a hug. 1300 one 1170 is the Suncorp open line. This sports update was all thanks to Height for Hire, safely taking you to new heights. Looking for height? Hire it right. Visit hireforheight.com.au. Just a few of the other headlines around uh, yesterday, the NRL stuff uh, came up, Jaleesa, mm. and it involves the club you support. Mm. The Panthers have granted Zach Hosting, Hosking pardon me, an immediate release from the club to take up a three-year deal with the Raiders. The 26-year-old had a breakout season last year, making 21 appearances and scoring three tries. From an NRL super coach point of view, he was unreal mm. when he got a gig with the Panthers. So uh, what do you make of that as a signing and the fact that it's happened immediately for the Panthers as well? Well, interesting for the Panthers, like if you look at their team from the first time that they won that premiership to now, you underestimate how much that side has actually changed and they just can't hold on to everyone, but they still keep bringing these young blokes through. Great for the Raiders. The Raiders concerns for me are still their backs. I feel like are a a little bit... uh, Fullback, I, I mean, I thought Sebastian Chris was really good there uh, last year, considering I think his best position is centre. Yeah. And I'm very worried about the halves, who's going to be with Jamal Fogarty. Um, Zach Hoskins, great. 
I have other concerns. Yep, fair call. Tell us what you think if you're a Raiders fan. Uh, is Zach Hosking the answer to those problems from last year? Retired NRL star Tavita Pangai Jr. has been spotted at Brisbane Broncos training, fueling speculation he could be eyeing a return to rugby league. Is there a breakthrough? Hang on. Uh, mid mid yeah, story, we have breaking news in studio. Are you back online? Uh, mate, so <laughs> <laughs> to get through to Telstra... To log into my Telstra account to pay my bill, I have to get a text sent to my phone, which is disconnected. It is disconnected. You'd think that they had maybe thought this scenario through. Oh, for the love of God. Anyway. Here I am over here talking NRL and in my periphery, I've got Jaleesa losing her mind. So not only now do I need to find free Wi-Fi, I've got to find a landline. I've got to talk to someone. You could probably use one of our phones to get it done. Uh, yeah, but I'm on, I'm on air, mate. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm aware. I, I'm aware. We're dealing with multiple issues You're here. You're carrying the show already. No, no, I no. can't just leave you. Hey, uh, well, you can. You almost did this morning <laughs> when you couldn't get in the building. Uh, <laughs> to be the Pangai Jr., speculation about whether he could return to rugby league. In August, he walked out on his $750,000 a season contract with the Bulldogs to pursue that boxing career. Brisbane's Courier Mail reporting that Pangai Jr. refused to be interviewed, but insisted he was simply there with family and friends to introduce them to Broncos players. What do we think? Are we sniffing a return? Uh, I've always thought he might return. Mm. Like I didn't think that that was case closed. It seems strange. I have no actual knowledge on this. I'm just going with Uh, the vibe. Personal vibes, yeah. Just the vibe. I just, I always thought he would would come back. Yeah. It's, I, I think it's a, one of those ones where the origin scenario last year and the potential, you know, dip and fall off and that not being a success yeah. for a guy that I think a lot of people viewed him as hit and miss. He was always at risk of suspension, but at his best, he was electric. Yeah. And then it, the common viewpoint then became a failure. Mm. Um, from, I guess, others outside the Bulldogs camp. Yeah. And whether that was a part of it or not, it's it's such a tough industry, professional sport, and particularly mm-hmm. rugby league when you're in Sydney. Yeah. Uh, and Brisbane, as he has been before. So, anyway, good to see him around, and, and hopefully the boxing is going well. We have another caller coming through on the Suncorp open line, one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. 1170 It's Mike from up in Brizzy, and you're wanting to talk about the Aussie cricket team, are you, mate? Yeah, hey, guys. Um, got morning. my head in my hands a bit this morning with the um, selections. Um, so just a couple of points, and I'll welcome your view on them. I think uh, on big letters on the whiteboard when the selectors sat down is find a way of getting Cam Green into the team. Um, so that's, that's one point. Second point is um, if I was Cam Bancroft and I got the phone call from George Bailey and... He explained to me that um, a person who's probably the best middle-order batsman in the world is um, going to be the opener. Uh, I would have said to myself, mm, okay, um, yeah, that's interesting. Um, why not leave him where he is? But coming back to my first point, Cam Green somehow, some way has to be in the team. So, uh, yeah, just a couple of points there. So welcome your, your views on them. Mike, uh, interesting point you make. Uh, do you think 
if you are Cameron Bancroft in that moment and you say, oh, I probably would have thought, yeah, stay stay where he is and things like that. Do you, do you think at any point this feels personal from your point of view? Because George Bailey's clearly said that it's not. But from your point of view, I'm interested in that part. Um, personal, when I say personal, I'm referencing you know, the yeah. sandpaper gate and the questions around yeah, yeah. tension within yeah. the environment. Um, it, it, oh, yeah, no, that's, that's, that's a tough one. I don't know George Bailey. You know him better than I do, so I'll, I'll be swayed by your judgment. It just, if you were the person, yeah. Yeah, no, sorry, I can't answer that. That's fine, Mike. No, I'm always just interested in probing a little further. I appreciate the call, and, and you're absolutely right. It, it was a tough call, and, and the realities of professional sport are exactly that. And, and my opinion, knowing George Bailey, is that this would be nothing other than what he said yesterday in the press conference. A cricket decision, and purely we wanted Cameron Green in the team. Steve Smith, an elite test cricketer, moves to the top of the order. We think it's best for the long-term situation of this team. And that's the harsh realities. It's not to say Cameron Bancroft couldn't be successful. Probably would be very successful if given the chance. And maybe he will get that chance when Usman Khawaja uh, and a few others that are, I guess, near the end of their careers than the start uh, finally do move on. Thanks for the call this morning, Mike. Uh, we are here for Bryden's Lawyers. Unable to work due to injury or illness? Contact Bryden's Lawyers. Uh, breakfast is powered by Kubota. For over 40 years, we've been making tomorrow matter, shaping and building Australia together. Jaleesa, there's been lots going on this morning mm. in your personal life. Mm. Uh, but also, you yesterday were out and about doing stories at the SCG. Mm. The David Warner scenario, we've been talking about selection. Mm. There's been a lot of text flying in, which we'll get to in a moment. But I want to talk to you about your experience at the SCG yesterday. And, well, uh, there was a press conference with Steve O'Keefe. But Mm. talk to me about the David Warner scenario for this Friday night. Yeah, so the Sydney Smashers this Friday night. So the Thunder and the Sixers playing at the SCG. Always an awesome game. Um, And Steve O'Keefe's last game, if you want, uh, likely last game at um, the SCG, if you want to go farewell him. Um, but David Warner has his brother's wedding on Friday. The ceremony, I believe, is at three o'clock. He is obviously contracted to the Thunder. Yeah. They can't make the finals. Davey is catching a helicopter. Initially, they were looking at Alliance. It is going, the plan at the moment is for him to land at the SCG. Unfortunately, fans won't be inside. This is purely just to get him there. It's not a, you know spectacular visual thing is just to get him there from this wedding. So the wedding is a hunt in the Hunter Valley. He's got to get the Cessnock airport about 45 minutes away. He's got to get on a chopper. The chopper's going to land in the SCG and it has to land before the gates open five o'clock for safety reasons. It is a tight turnaround, first of all. So I think there are other options also being explored of maybe landing, uh, maybe further West and then driving in if he's running late. I don't know. Anyway, um, people have been absolutely giving it to David Warner about this though. And I guess it's this thing of like, people don't, oh, you know, it's the special treatment feeling of like, well, he's getting a chopper from his brother's wedding and he's going to land in the SCG. So it's all very, you know, spectacular and dramatic and people can, can we just get a grip? Like David Warner is got nothing to prove to anybody. He's just retired as one of the best openers the, his team, the Thunder, cannot make the finals. 
it is the Big Bash. It's not the greatest game of his career. As much as I love the Big Bash, yep. it isn't the greatest game of his career. He's leaving his brother's wedding. He's getting a chopper, leaving one of the most important days in his family's lives to fulfill his contractual obligations, where I have absolutely no doubt that if he turned around and said to the Sydney Thunder, hey, it's my brother's wedding, I'm not coming, they'd go, okay, David, no worries. Well, I mean, we're not thrilled about it, but you're David Warner. So we'll, <laughs> you know, like, I just think, wow, I cannot believe the backlash that this has got. Let me just sit back and say, Jaleesa, off the long run. Round of applause, well done. Filthy. Take your... Yeah, animosity on Telstra this morning out on the rest of us. Yeah, and do you know mm. what? To be clear to Telstra, it's not your fault you cut off my phone. It's a me problem. Mm. So, you know, but but I'm sitting here frustrated. Life scenario frustration, yeah. Life scenario. Uh, I actually really love the point. And, I mean, I don't have the opportunity of – I mean, all of us have the opportunity if you can pay for a chartered helicopter. But the access to be flying onto the SCG, things like that, I think is what incites the rage <laughs> of people. But you're absolutely right, leaving a significant moment in the family's lives um, to come and play a game of cricket. And it's going to be an amazing game of cricket, n- no doubt about that. Uh, we'll all be on, I'll be there uh, commentating for SEN, and we'll all be on Davey Wanna Watch. <laughs> so, Dunny said it's Steve's, it's the second wedding. So? Mm. Not important. Uh, what? It's still a wedding and it's still Oh, is he saying the second wedding in his family or second wedding? Oh, uh, sorry. I've read that wrong. Yeah, sorry. That's okay. Let's get to a few more texts. Uh, Rooster oh. Man has come in. If something happened to it, this is a really good point, And I guess counter a bit of a touche to my earlier point with Bancroft v Renshaw. If something happened to a middle order batsman, and I was saying that might be the reason that Renshaw was picked, Bancroft was in the squad. It's... Simple. Smith moves back down the order. So you guys are doing a great job. But an interesting point that Rooster Man makes that if if Bancroft is legitimately the next cab off the rank, as they say, he can play. And if anything happened to, say, Mitch Marsh, Steve Smith can just move back down to number four or five. What mm. do you think? Yeah, well, I, I agree with that. I mean, I just can't understand why Bancroft wasn't in there I, I, you know, I, I think I've made that sort of yep. you clear, but yeah, I mean, that's a really good point. He could have just moved back down. Yeah. Yeah. Fair call. And and even Cameron Green could easily bat instead of at number four, he could bat at six. Mm. Uh, if anything happened a little further down, uh, Matt says, I think Gary's in love. That's right. probably a fair call. Um, oi jelly. We love Gary. Yeah, no doubt. Oi jelly. I think we SEN listeners may need to get a GoFundMe started. For you, for all your parking and phone problems. That's nice. Do you want to start that up? That'd be great. You've been multitasking all morning. Yeah, I've been multitasking with Telstra all morning. So that'd be amazing. Actually, I wouldn't even want the money. I just want someone to take over my life. (laughs) You need a PA. I just need a PA. If someone just wants to, uh, yeah. The GoFundMe can be the salary. If someone just wants to make sure my credit card never gets hacked again, that would be amazing. What a nightmare. Have we all had that happen? I've had it twice. I've had accounts online hacked, not a credit card. Yeah, really? As in not um, bank accounts online, as in emails, social media, stuff like that, not bank accounts. Oh, really? Okay. I think that would be worse. Well, it's just annoying. And and the amount of passwords that you then got to change, it's just, it's a real inconvenience. But you know what I'm worried about is, have you seen the songs out there developed by AI 
in the voice of artists. I, like, I I'm just really... saw a story up there on the Today Show yeah. saying that they're imitating everyday people now. Yeah, so once they get your accounts, you, and this is the thing with social media, right? Yeah. You, you're posting videos and photos online. They can then use that as well as your voice for people in the public like us that are talking yeah. every day. Uh, the thing that worries me is, you know, think about Joe Biden. If this happens with Joe Biden and it's a public address about a significant conflict and, and AI has impersonated to the point where people believe it and mm. action is then taken. Yeah. Anyway, we're tackling all the big issues here. Yes. Phones, uh, AI, it's all happening. Time for a break. Summer breakfast here on SEN. It's Jaleesa Apps and Trent Copeland with you this morning on Thursday, the 11th of January. And on this day, Jaleesa, you have some little tidbits here amongst the Telstra chaos. Yes. You've been doing your research as well. Yeah, I'm going to start with a cricket one. In 1938, John Bradman scores a second innings, 113 v Queensland after a ton in the first innings. God, there's some scores like that in his history. Yeah. In 1922, insulin is used for the first time to treat diabetes. That's cool. Cody Simpson's birthday today, 27. In 2007, J.K. Rowling, Rowling or Rowling, I don't know how, I think it's Rowling. Nike, Nike. Nike, mm, yeah. I've heard, it, I've heard it a couple of different ways, but yeah. Finished writing the seventh and last Harry Potter novel. Were you a Harry Potter fan? I loved the books as a kid. Yeah, so I'm not a book guy. Okay. So like, very aware of it, watched the movies, and I think I'll end up watching them more intently with my kids mm. um, now, but... Are the movie, what are the movies like? Cause I can't, I was more the book, so I, I haven't actually seen the movies. From, uh, from my wife and others that I've heard that have read the book and watched the movies, a good reflection. Obviously they're legendary movies. Okay. So anyway, yeah. that's interesting. Yeah. 2007. It feels like yesterday. Anyway. I th- yeah. I mean. <laughs> With the 7am news coming up, 6am in Brisbane, plenty more to come on today's show. Brett Phillips will be chatting tennis. We have Alex Ross from the Sydney Thunder on. And we'll hear more from George Bailey. Stay with us. It is summer breakfast here with Jaleesa Apps and Trent Copeland. Thursday, the 11th of January, we're here for Brighton's Lawyers. Unable to work due to injury or illness, contact Brighton's Lawyers. Good morning to everyone uh, on SEN 1170 AM here in Sydney as we fill in the chairs for Vossi and Brandy. And for the rest of the week, SENQ 693 AM in Brizzy. Pick up the phone and speak with us on the Suncorp open line, 1300 01 1170. Get your home storm season ready with Suncorp. That number again, 1300 01 1170. We have Sydney Thunder's Alex Ross coming on the show. Very shortly, we'll have SEN tennis expert Brett Phillips on the show, Mitch Abaya coming on as well. We've touched on a few of the NRL stories of the morning. Alex Diminor last night claimed his fourth top 10 scalp in 10 days with a charity match win over Carlos Alcaraz at Rod Laver Arena, which is good news. And in the basketball last night, NBL, the Brisbane Bullets had an important 80-77 to win over the Tasmanian Jack Jumpers. Tonight, the Adelaide 36ers host the Sydney Kings in Adelaide. In the BBL, though, that's where we're going to start this hour. The Brisbane Heat last night beat the Perth Scorchers at the Gabba to lock up top spot on the BBL ladder. And the Scorchers making 168 all out from their 20 overs in reply to the Heat's 6 for 191. Brisbane's win on the back of, he's he's a superhero, this guy, Michael Nisi. He can do it all with the bat, with the ball. He took an unbelievable catch. He got 64 off 30 balls. As Berendorf 
Bowls to Nisa. He hoists this long six. Over backwards square. He just leant back on the back foot, went Wooshka, and in the meantime, brings up his 50. Berendorf bowls again, off his pads, over the boundary for six again. Nisa's on fire. Put him up the order. Here we go, we're hoping for a six, and you've got it! You've got it, another six. Over deep mid-wicket for Nisa. What an innings. He finishes 64 not out of 30 balls. And the Heats finish six for 191. Take a bow, Michael Nisa. What a knock. So Michael Nisa, player of the match, he also took two for 31. Mm. And I mentioned a catch. If you haven't seen it, diving, running backwards. The, the guy can do it all. Uh, for those of you listening in Brisbane on SENQ, 6.93am. Don't miss out on your Brisbane Heat tickets. You can get them through Ticketek. The Heat have the heat are the opposite of the Dragons last season. Oh, yeah. Like okay. the Dragons, Explain that. Well, okay. Remember last season where we were like, the Dragons would have been in the top eight or at X position if they had won all the games that they've lost by like a little bit. Yeah. The Heat have almost lost so many games yep. and they have just managed to turn it around yep. and won and they're at the top of the table. If I if they had lost all the games that they should have, they would be fighting for the top four. Yeah, absolutely right. The, the good teams just find a way to win and we've mentioned a few times this year that, uh, well, and you know what? Since the BBL started, the Brisbane Heat, the Sydney Sixers, the Perth Scorchers, Find ways to be at the top, no matter how they're playing, the form, mm. who's playing, whatever's going on. We've got a call coming in now on the Suncorp open line, one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. James from Hornsby. What have you got this morning, James? Good morning. Morning, guys. Um, here's a quick question regarding David Warner getting a helicopter. Who's paying for it? If the club's paying for it, what's the big worry? They just want their best players to come and play for him, play for him. And the thing should be, well... If the Thunder are doing it, how dare they take him away from his brother's wedding? You've got a family engagement. What's more important? Can't make the finals. Why are you getting him to come down? Or the other thing is, well, he's that committed and um, I'm holding up to my contract. So I don't know why you all got, everyone's going on about him. I, I agree with you. I think, well, I, I think if David Warner didn't want to play this game... I'm sure the Thunder wouldn't be thrilled about it and I'm sure New South Wales cricket wouldn't be thrilled about it. But if they didn't want to play the game, in the end, at the end of the day, it's David Warner and uh, to have him as a part of the Big Bash in any games is fantastic. If he's paying for it, like I don't really think – because I, I heard someone make your point um, – like, is the club paying for it? And, you know, if it's not going to be at Dave's expense. Even if the club were paying for it, they want him there. Like, it's a promotion of the game. So, yeah, yeah I agree with you, James. Who, who really cares as long as he's happy getting there? Yeah, and I don't know the answer to your question, James, on who is paying for it. But knowing a few of the people in this discussion, Andrew Gilchrist, uh, who's head of Thunder, Davey Warner himself and, and the management team, you know, it, it wouldn't have just been a, you have to play or a, no. you know, this sort of equation. It would have been a discussion on how can we make this the Happen, best day possible? Yeah. Uh, and, and that is the reality of it. Anyway, time to move on. Thanks for the call, James. We have SEN tennis expert, Brett Phillips on the line. Good morning to you, BP. Trent, Jalissa, good morning, guys. Good talk morning. to us. Talk to us about 
a couple of Aussies that are progressing well in the Aussie Open warm-ups. Yeah, Adelaide International uh, from your neck of the woods. Uh, great story, Chris O'Connell. When you read his uh, backstory, 29 years of age uh, now, but you know he's uh, closing in on a top 50 debut in uh, 2024. He was high as 53 in September last year, but he's through to the quarterfinals in Adelaide, so he's playing some really good tennis. He'll uh, be first up at about 11.30 Eastern today, which you can uh, take in on uh, nine, Jim, uh, taking on Sebastian Corder. And we know... Uh, Trent and Jaleesa, the uh, genes of the Corder family. Of course, his two um, uh, sisters, uh, professional golfers. His father, Peter, uh, won the Australian Open all the way back with that famous scissor kick uh, back in 1998. He was a different cat, Peter Corder. He certainly was. His son's a little bit more straight down the line, and he's such a sweet uh, timer of the ball, Corder, and had that great run at the Australian Open last year was runner-up in Adelaide to Novak Djokovic, where he had uh, a match point. So this is a big step up for O'Connell today. But, you know, Chris is blessed uh, with one of the best uh, single-handed backhands going around. You know, to think five years ago, almost the day, he had no ranking. He was cleaning boats for a living. He was working in retail. He was thinking, is this professional career good for me? Everyone said, Chris, you've got so much talent. Put your head down and give it your best shot and see where you land. And... It's landed him inside the top 100, maybe the top 50 this year. And he's coached by one of my favourites, guys, but he never did any media interviews. And I still can't get an interview with Marinko Matosevic, uh, known as the Mad Dog. Um, he sits there courtside. He gets a bit of camera time. He's pretty emotional. But he just will not chat to the media. He doesn't trust us. I'm trying to break through, trying to break <laughs> that down in 2024. Well, BP, is the on the... Pulse man in tennis. If you can't get an interview, what hope do the rest of us have? But the draw comes no, out. It, it, we, Sorry, go on. Yep. No, no, we'll just, we've nicknamed him Humphrey. He doesn't say anything. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing. The draw comes out at 1 pm today, midday, if you are in Queensland. Very exciting draw um, day. I love draw day. What, um, who would be hoping? Who would who would be hoping not to get like who who is someone I guess you no one wants to play Novak Djokovic but is there anyone else that you think people are going I don't want this person? <laughs> well, I, I, I hope all the players don't want to play uh, Alex Dimitrov, you know, because uh, yeah. we'll, we'll start to plot his course. I mean, I'm, you know, all the articles online uh, today. Uh, after beating Carlos Alcaraz, yes, an exhibition that last night. It was Alcaraz's first hit, so uh, take out of that you know, what you will. But no, the, the reality is he's beaten you know, four uh, top ten players uh, in, uh, what, only two weeks of January. So he's full of confidence, Demon Orr, and maybe he's even starting to actually believe that I could win the whole thing. Uh, so as soon as that draw comes out today, we start to plot the course of the leading contenders to see where the... The road bumps might come in, uh, so we'll have a better idea this afternoon of Alex's, uh, you know, path in round one and beyond. Uh, but yeah, I think um, you know you certainly don't want to draw one of the absolute top seeds. Uh, that's where you want to be. You want to be a seeded player. It's supposed to offer you a, you know, a little bit of comfort in the first two rounds. But to be totally honest, you know, the depth on the men's and women's side is enormous now. There is no easing into the tournament when I think back 20 years ago when you'd go on centre court and, mm. you know, be six love, six love for some opponents. But now uh, the competition's pretty tough. So, yeah, the draw out at one o'clock and, you know, we've got a stack of Aussies still in qualifying. So they're, they're dreaming of being in that main draw once that's all uh, completed. And John Millman, I suppose, was, was the feel-good story yesterday. We know it's going to be his last hurrah. 
He's got to win three tough qualifying matches to actually make it into the main draw, but he at least ticked uh, one of those boxes uh, yesterday. And BP, there's some new rules being introduced to prevent matches running late into the night on the ATP and WTA tours. I mean, for my entire summer as a kid, remember being A, Mm. enthused by tennis and just loving it, but B, incredibly tired because I was watching games into all hours of the morning. I I actually quite love that about tennis. (laughs) Well, it is is the one sport, yes, where there's no final siren, buzzer, whatever you want to call it at the end. Uh, You know when the match is... Well, the only time you know when a match is going to start is the first match of the day. And the rest of it can be a scheduling nightmare, particularly for those in charge of that. Um, So, yeah, I agree that's, you know, um, a unique part of uh, tennis. But I think we all probably agree we don't want to be up till 2, 3, 4 a.m. in the morning. Uh, If it's a one-off, people can probably cope with that. But this is all about, you know, protecting the players and their health. It's also about, you know, spectator enjoyment. So, yeah, obviously we've seen the change of scheduling around the Australian Open this year with only two matches in the day on the main court. So Rod Laver, uh, Margaret Court and John Kane Arena so that we don't have that third match potentially putting the night session back, which means that we're there way later. Yeah, but as a general rule, they're going to trial it this year. Uh, for matches at night, uh, if, if they haven't started by, I think, 10, 30, 11, they probably won't get on and the players will come back the next day rather than starting matches. I mean, sometimes on the tour, we're starting matches at midnight around the world and finishing at 3 a.m. So, yeah, I think they're going to bring in some fast rules around that just to yeah, just to make it um, a, a better product and not have people sitting around you know, at 2, 3 o'clock in the morning watching tennis. So, BP, how does that work? Because so when I was at Wimbledon, I went over there for fun uh, last year, and you, as you would know, unless you're um, yourself, you have to line up in a queue, like so people camp, yep. you know, the day before, um, literally the day before, or sometimes thirty six hours, forty eight hours before to get the match that they want. I went at about three a.m. and managed to be in the queue in a good position to get court one tickets. I felt so sorry for the people that had queued for 36 hours that I'd been speaking to to get Novak Djokovic because then the curfew came in and they didn't see him get on court and they had camped for 36 hours. So, well, obviously we don't have a queue in Australia, but does that mean like you might not see, if you buy tickets, you might not see the person that you actually bought tickets for if they're not going to get on? Yeah, well, yeah, possibly. I mean, yeah, Wimbledon's a really interesting one. I know they're reviewing. Well, yeah, they've got the curfew, the eleven o'clock curfew, but you know they start centre court at one thirty, and there's been huge calls for that to come way forward. You've got the outside court starting, I think, at eleven o'clock. You know, court one starts at, you know, twelve. I think at Wimbledon, and then yeah, one thirty for centre court. You got, you know, three matches. But if you've got three matches that go the distance, uh, that you know, obviously. Uh, you know, runs into the curfew, which it did this time. And there was a bit of rain around Wimbledon uh, this time, particularly, I think, in that first week, wasn't there? So, mm. yeah, I think they're looking at a much earlier start. So they get through the day and the matches because matches are going, it appears now, that, you know, they're going a lot longer than they used to. And there's some, you know, <laughs> enthralling battles out there. And you know, that's what I mean. I'm, I'm, that's where I get back to the depth in the men's and women's games. There's not many blowouts now. Yeah. Uh, so it's something they're, they're certainly reviewing. And just a few other Aussies that are front of mind. Uh, Alex Dimonor, mm. you mentioned him in passing, but last night uh, at Rod Laver Arena, that was a beauty. Yeah, look, um, you know, these EXOs are, uh, 
you know, they're, they're good in in the Australian Open supporting some charities, the Australian Tennis Foundation. And look, I, I ducked in last night uh, on the way home from doing the nine stuff, and uh, incredible the crowds. I feel like the tournament had officially started. There are people everywhere, so it definitely has become a three week event. And why wouldn't you get along? Ten bucks to get in, twenty dollars. I think Novak Djokovic has got a, a night tonight. Novak and friends. Um, I think uh, the Nine Network showing that from seven thirty. If you want to tune in, and yeah, that'll fill uh, Rod Laver Arena as well. So yeah, it's it's a big sort of week leading up to the main draw. And the other Aussie I should just mention, Daria Saville had a great win in Hobart uh, last night. So she's through to the quarters, and she could win that tournament. She's playing good tennis, uh, Dasher, and I've got no doubt if she has one full year of no injury. Uh, we'll see her well uh, well back inside the top 100. Love it. And I love watching her social media, how she carries herself in the public eye. Even amongst all the injury chaos and everything that's been going on, she's she's an absolute ripper. So all power to her. BP, thanks as always, mate, for keeping us up to date on the tennis landscape. No. Pleasure, guys. Have a good day. Thank you. We're here for Brighton's Lawyers. Unable to work due to injury or illness? Contact Brighton's Lawyers. Welcome back to Summer Breakfast. You're with Trent Copeland and Jaleesa Apps. We've had a very interesting morning. I'm back on the airwaves. Oh, Oh, there's been a breakthrough. Woohoo! Thank you, Telstra. They came good. I mean, it was never their fault at all to begin with, but they've really helped me So you me fronted out. up the cash. Well done. I've fronted up the cash, <laughs> yeah. I'm good for it. I've moved a bit around, you know, from my overseas account. So I'm <laughs> Don't I'm get yourself good. in more trouble. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Michael Nisa is our all-rounder. Is it our all-rounder? Why isn't he in the Australian team? Thoughts? Yeah. I mean, he's definitely put himself in the equation of if we were to ever go without Mitch Marsh or Cameron Green in a situation of a test match, and particularly in situations like playing in England. He's right in the frame where he's not just in the conversation with Cummins, Hazelwood, Stark anymore. I think he's in a conversation with those guys as genuine all-rounders. His numbers just can't mm-hmm. be ignored. So imagine, you know, this is the theory all those years ago of all those batters in domestic cricket averaging 70 but couldn't get a game. Mm. Michael Nisa and Scott Boland are effectively the bowling versions of that. Mm. Is Socky getting the SCN limo to the game as well? He's twice as flamboyant as Dave Warner. <laughs> <laughs> Regards, Peach. That's good, that. Who's uh, Who's got the SCN limo? We'll have to find the nicest car in the SCN. It'd have to be Sugar, wouldn't it? Yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, time now to speak with Mitch Abaya from Sportsbet. Make it look easy with Sportsbet. Chances are you're about to lose. Morning, Mitch. What have you got for us today? I see Big Bash is front of mind. Yeah, very good morning. Um, Big Bash is the uh, top of the agenda. Let's go there. Hobart Hurricanes versus the Strikers tonight. Uh, Hobart Hurricanes, $2.06. Adelaide Strikers, $1.77. Top Hobart Hurricanes run score, Matty Wade, $3.80. And Benny McDermott, $4.00. And for the Adelaide Strikers, Matt Short, $3.50. He's been in some stellar form. And Chris Lynn, one of the greats of the Big Bash at $4.10. If you like Darcy Short, $4.20. Let's talk about um, tomorrow's game. Sydney Sixers v Sydney Thunder. What a game this will be. Sydney Sixers favourites, $1.67. Sydney Thunder, $2.21. And then on Saturday, the 13th of Jan, Perth Scorchers host. The Brisbane Heat per scorches $1.81. Brisbane Heat $2 after a cracking game we saw last night. There's been a fluctuation to the overall market 
for the 2023-24 Big Bash winner. Brisbane Heat have gone to the favourites at $2.20. Perth Scorchers out to $2.75. Sydney Sixers, $6. And then you've got Melbourne Stars at $11. But a big move overall. Brisbane Heat into favourites, $2.20. Mitch, uh, we've been speaking to Nick uh, about some niche markets on the NFL and different things. He's also given out some horrific tips in the last couple of days, oh, which Delise is not overly thrilled he, about. He but... has stitched me up. <laughs> Yesterday he's got scratched. Uh, I mean, he can't predict that, to be fair. But what I'm getting at is I have a niche market for you. Uh, I wonder oh, if Sportsbet can tackle a David Warner arrival time in the helicopter Ooh, at the SCG. This good. Jeez, this would be something. i tell you what... Uh... If they were estimating my arrival times of my cricket games, it'd be half an hour late. I don't think Davy Warner, Warner will be rocking up late. Uh, um, yeah, helicopter like helicopter arrival time in the middle of the SCG. We'll have eyes on it like the Gatorade over the coach at the the Super Bowl. Yeah. I, I might have to. I might have to have a chat to the. Uh, the big boys at uh, Sportsbet and see what we can come up with. Oh, I like it. Okay, let's move on to tennis, mate. What's happening there? Yeah, Djokovic was a dollar ninety-one yesterday morning, uh, out to two dollars. So if you liked him, you can get an even better price. Carlos Alcaraz at four dollars twenty. Yannick Sinner seven dollars fifty. They're the only three under double figures. You can have Daniel Medvedev at eleven dollars, Alexander Alexander Zverev sorry at twenty-three dollars, and Alex Dimonor was thirty-fours into twenty-six dollars. Let's look at the ladies Aussie Open. Uh, the outright market, and uh, as you said yesterday, some of these are ton twisters. Uh, Argus Witek at three dollars twenty, Alina Rybakina at five dollars, Ariana Sabalenka at six dollars, and Corey Gore at seven dollars. The rest are at eighteen dollars or more. Headlined by Jessica Pagula. I imagine that there would be a bit of movement after the draw comes out today. Is that generally how that happens? Yeah, usually the case. Yeah, once the uh, once the draw comes out, the uh, the markets uh, well settle themselves out, and people say, "Hey, this thing, this person here is uh, very well um, placed; should make it a fair way into the tournament." And on the other hand, if they're not as well drawn, they'll uh, they'll drift. But yeah, you'll tend to see. I'd go and take a screenshot of the uh, the prices currently, and then see what they are after the draws come out. They will uh, change yeah drastically. All right, and the NBA. What have you got for us on that? Yeah, Cokes's uh, Minnesota Timberwolves uh, did the job yesterday. Uh, they're in some uh, they're in some stellar form, the uh, the Wolves, and I'll give you an outright market there. But there is a stack of NBA games today. Um, jump on the app, check them all out. I think there's about ten matches. So the Wolves go around again, but they're not uh, not favourites in this one. Four dollars forty five. Boston Celtics a dollar twenty one. Is Jason Tatum back? Not too sure. Um, Indiana Pacers are super short against the Wizards, who the, the Wizards aren't really uh, setting the world on fire. But three dollars sixty-two, Washington Wizards. Indiana Pacers a dollar twenty-nine without Tyrese Halliburton, and San Antonio Spurs a dollar sixty-five versus the Detroit Pistons two dollars twenty-five, uh, featuring Victor Wembanyama. I'll just give you a quick uh, market for the NBA championship. Uh, Boston Celtics are $4, Denver Nuggets are $5, and the Timberwolves Copes, $21 if you'd like a slice. Unbelievable. They uh, On today's game, they I saw that they couldn't fly out yesterday to get to their back-to-back game today against the Celtics, so I have to fly out. Once they wake up today, they won't arrive for the actual game until wow. late, so I reckon there's zero it's chance. very David Warner, isn't it? <laughs> very David Warner indeed. Mitch, thanks for your morning this morning. So much going on in the world of sport, and let's see if we can get that helicopter market up.
Yeah, I'll do my best. Uh, yeah, jump on the sports app, check it all out, and gamble responsibly. But I'll get uh, get a market up for Davey Warner. Good on you, Mitch. Make it look easy with Sportsbet. Chances are you're about to lose. For free and confidential support, visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. Thanks, Nathan. We're here for Bingley, better living every day, and we're powered by Kubota for over 40 years. We've been making tomorrow matter, shaping up and building Australia together. If you're only just waking up, here's the headlines we've been discussing. The Brisbane Heat have locked up a top spot on the BBL ladder after a win over the Perch Scorchers last night. And don't worry, Trent, just wander off. That's all good. He's just leaving the studio. Anyway, I'll keep you up to date. We've had plenty of discussion following uh, my screen has just moved. Following confirmation (laughs) yesterday that Steve Smith. Someone else has stitched me up there. Thank you. We'll oh, replace wow. David Warner at the top of the order. Oh, you're back. You've returned. I, was, Thank I you. never left. Yeah, hey. thanks. For, uh, you were wandering off. Lots of reaction to the selection of Matt Renshaw over Cameron Bancroft in the Australian squad. Um, Copes had a bit to say on that this morning when we first came on air, if you want to catch up on the podcast. Um, we'll get to more of your texts in a moment on that. In NRL news that made me you know, relatively happy. Zach Hosking has been released from the Panthers to take up a three-year deal with the Raiders. And Tevita Pangai Jr. has been spotted at Broncos training. We'd love to hear you on the hear from you on the Edgewater Homes text line. It's 0457 736 736. Pick up the phone and talk to us on the Suncorp open line, 1300-01-1170, which... Don't want to flex, but I can now do. <laughs> my you can call. Phone. So if you missed the start of the show, I was almost not on air because I pulled up and I went to send a text to everyone to say, hey guys, can you let me into the car park? And I no, didn't get a reply. Call Went to call Ben, producer Ben, and it said his phone had been disconnected. And I thought, what a, what a strange thing for Ben to do, but okay, whatever. Do no, no, it is my phone that had been disconnected. My credit card got hacked last month. I hadn't updated my payment details. I hadn't paid my bill. And I was panic stations running around North Sydney, connecting to everyone's free Wi-Fi, desperately <laughs> trying to get up the building, going, oh, my God, we're just a few minutes from air. Anyway, found Media. I'll give you a free plug. Thanks for your free Wi-Fi. And that's the only reason you're here with us today. They've saved oh, you. the panic. And then, you know, Telstra, because then I tried to pay my bill. So then once I connected to the Wi-Fi in here. But every time you go to log into anything, your internet banking, your Telstra, anything, you've got to get a text sent to your phone, which had been disconnected. This maybe needs to be rethought. Oh, just, it was all so dramatic. Anyway, it's all lovely Telstra's come through and we're good. Mm. So, and I heaven forbid, stand up for a second, and then you're outing me that I'm out of the studio. Well, yeah. What's your excuse, mate? Did you... <laughs> I have no excuse. Yeah. Uh, but in, in terms of the lay of the land in the world, we were talking about Black Monday as far as coaches go in the NFL. Yes. It's a coaching merry-go-round, and it is cutthroat over there. But there's some massive names in the last 24 hours. Mike Rabel... Tennessee Titans, and we've just got word, ESPN reporting, that Pete Carroll from the Seahawks, he's been sacked. Now, it's Super Bowl champion, legendary coach, one of the oldest coaches in the league, famously has had Russell Wilson there with him along the way. Uh, No longer the case with Russell Wilson, but that's two massive names in the world of coaching, Mm. but in the NFL in particular, Mike Vrabel, uh, seen as one of the best coaches going around, but not a good year for the Tennessee Titans. And the Seahawks, man, that is a big call. 
What's it like in um, – because uh, I'm not really into uh, American football, but, um, you know, obviously over here, the NRL, you can generally last a few years um, yep. without success before you're starting to be talked about. EPL is brutal. You can last a yeah. few games and then you're sacked. Yeah. What's it like in, in NFL? Probably a hybrid of both, and it's really dependent on the franchise. Okay. Is my take on it. Right. You know, and it's not an exact science, but the the coaches that are the elite of the elite get paid an absolute fortune mm-hmm. and they've built up a resume that, you know, Bill Belichick, for example, with Tom Brady, he could basically do what he wants for a couple of years and, and get away with it. And okay. to be to be fair, the Patriots, that's largely what's happened since yep. Tom Brady left. Yeah. Um, but other coaches like Vrabel, like, other, you know, a few of the more inexperienced coaches. I remember the Jacksonville Jaguars and they drafted uh, Trevor Lawrence, who's seen as, you know, uh, all-worldly talent. He comes in and they hire a, a head coach that worked with him in college and he comes in and he just, you could just flat out see that it, you know, and he was doing offensive play calling and it, it was just not for him. Mm. And they sack him straight, almost mm. straight away. Mm. So Urban Meyer was the coach. So it, it's, it's one of those things where if you're a franchise that isn't established, hasn't won recently, and you're a new coach, the, the, the trifecta, mm. then you can be out just like the EPL. Yeah. So, uh, there's another big story going around. Uh, key, the headline says on Fox Sports, Key Demon facing minimum two-year drug ban after shock verdict. Now, this is about Melbourne utility Joel Smith in the AFL facing a minimum two-year suspension after being reportedly found guilty of taking cocaine before a match, which classified as a performance-enhancing drug. The Herald Sun reported Smith remains provisionally banned after being informed by Sports Integrity Australia on Tuesday he had been found guilty in a pre-Christmas hearing with the 27-year-old set to fight the ruling. It was a urine sample collected after Melbourne's round 23 win over Hawthorne mm. as part of routine drug testing, which found the small amount of cocaine in the system. What are your thoughts? When you first see stories like this in sport, do, mm. you, do you think this, this is common practice and players just get away with it? Or do you think this is that's an outlier and needs to be punished? What's your viewpoint? The use of the drug? Well, just the fact that this has come to light. Is it a shock to you that something like this has happened? Um, Take the player out of it. I'd hate to. Well, no. I, uh, I don't really want to generalise on, on what players That's fair. Are, That's do, fair. are doing or, or say, yeah, I think it's fine. Yeah. No, I, I wouldn't want to do that. But um, I think the interesting thing here is the classification of it as a performance enhancing Yeah, that's interesting. Um, Because generally um, these kind of things are are thought of as recreational. You're in trouble because of the recreational use of it. Um, To now be looking at that as a performance enhancing, I think probably that's a move in the right direction because I, I guess you can't really, I'm sure there's science and everything behind, but, Unless you, if you've got something in your system, it's hard to say whether that's performance that has your enhanced your performance or not. So the best thing is probably to have a blanket. Yeah, and to be honest, I think it's it's uh, a worthy. I mean, it is illegal. Yeah, that's what I go yeah. to as well. We just don't want drugs. In no, sport, exactly. Whether it's performance enhancing yeah. or not, and certainly the culture of you know this being okay. Yes. And, and yeah. Accepted. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I, I do know the AFLPA and Paul Marsh is the head of that. They have plans in place and programs in place that whenever anything like this rears its head, that there are coping mechanisms within the AFL framework that 
if something like this does happen mm. and people are found to have used performance enhancing or more importantly, recreational drugs, that there are programs like rehab and things like that that can get players back on track. Mm. So it's not just about the ban. Uh, I think it's also about uh, the fact that it's being challenged. So Joel Smith thinks that he's been done wrong here. Um, and also the fact that players can make mistakes uh, and they also need to be able to come back from that. So tricky subject, but tell us what you think uh, on the Suncorp open line, one three hundred oh one eleven seventy, and on the Edgewater Homes text line, oh four five seven seven three six. It's a tricky subject, and, and because the hearings are still ongoing and it's, yes, he's tested positive, uh, much like Peter Bowl and yeah, numerous exactly. others. There's, uh, there's a lot of... Um, Simona Hallett. Yeah. There's a lot going on in the world right now, and uh, it's tricky, uh, and it's difficult for us to sit in here and have conviction on a he's done wrong or he hasn't when we don't know the full scenario. No, exactly. All right. We're going to head to a break. We're here for Bryden's Lawyers. Unable to work due to injury or illness? Contact Bryden's Lawyers. Stay with us. We'll get to all of your texts and your calls in just a moment. Summer breakfast here on SEN is powered by Kubota. For over 40 years, we've been making tomorrow matter, shaping and building Australia together. A reminder, the Suncorp open line 1300 01 1170 and the Edgewater Homes text line 0457 736 736. We are going to roll through your texts that we've got built up here. Uh, this this one on the Joel Smith story. People make mistakes. This is true, Trent, but doing lines isn't a mistake. How do you accidentally do lines? Well, I don't think that's what we're talking about. Uh, and, we and said people make mistakes, People, not people make accidents. Yes, exactly right. And a mistake is your judgment in certain scenarios, if in fact that is what happened. Uh, this one from Matt. Morning, Trent and Jaleesa. On the David Warner helicopter issue, isn't it amazing we're not allowed to have an energy company as a sponsor of our major cricket team because Captain Cummins didn't like it, yet we're all talking about a bloke that's just retired that wants to stay in the media getting a helicopter to a game that doesn't matter. I don't care how he gets there, so why do we need to know about it? It's just publicity-seeking. Cheers, HP Robbo. I don't think it's publicity seeking. He was just asked the question after the game. Are you going yeah. to play for the Thunder? And I think like... And it's physically not possible to play the game without doing this. Yeah, it, that's the thing. I, I even think the timeline at the moment is incredibly tight. Like <laughs> you want to hope everything in the wedding mm. is running on time because I think it's, you know, you've got the ceremony in the afternoon and then he's got to get there before at the SCG before five. Uh, before the gates open for safety reasons, it is going to be an awfully tight turnaround. This is just physically the only way to get there. And, and the fact that is they're not having a crowd in there being able to watch him. It's not any kind of spectacle. It's just necessity. Yeah, I, I agree. And as far as the Cummins reference to the energy sponsors, look, it's a far wider ranging issue than just judging one one use of helicopter or one opinion from Pat Cummins or, or a viewpoint on energy and the whole energy sector. So I think we'll leave that one there. Mark says, if there was tension between Bancroft and the bowlers, why did he play in the 2019 Ashes just the year after? Well, uh, to be honest, exactly right. There is none. Uh, and it's certainly not to the point where it would not be manageable within a team environment. And that's been made pretty clear in the last couple of days. Uh, there's plenty more text coming in. Jaleesa, do you want to tackle that top one? Um, no, okay. From Rooster Tim. Okay, I'll do it. It was going to be a bit of a stitch up. Oh. Uh, Rooster Tim listening on the app from Snowy, Canada. Oh, that's... Bonjour. 
How good? Uh, Jaleesa and Trent, you're doing a fabulous job on the show. How big of a signing do you think? And this is why oh, I was going in on this. Me in the morning. Give it to us. No, I, I don't want to now. You've got me on the... You've got me, you're, you're trying to stitch me up and I feel like I'm going to fumble. <laughs> well, I'm absolutely going to fumble. It's Mark Noakano Tawase is how no. I... <laughs> it's in my head and I don't want to say it because <laughs> I don't want to stuff it up. Anyway, continue. Is uh, or will be for the Roosters. His skill seems to fit the league perfectly. So Roosters, new signing. And uh, apologies, certainly from our point of view that I've butchered that name undoubtedly. Yeah, I mean, I think that um, this is, I mean, it's an interesting signing because I think that the talk about it all at the time was, oh, well, they've got one back, you know, because they obviously um, lost, um, you know, Swalihi to the, to uh, rugby. This was like, oh, you know, they've They've finally got one. They've got one. Um, But um, he, I mean, all the raps are him, like he's a genuine star and, and, and going to be great in, in rugby league. So, I mean, the Roosters don't sign people who they don't think have a long-term future. Yeah, absolutely. And the skills and the speed and the try-scoring abilities, yeah, it's it's there for all to see And as a Roosters fan. Uh, Dan? Uh, happy, ha- happy to have him. Yeah, happy to have him. Yep. Do you think he's yeah, going to be a success? Yeah, you're a Roosters fan. Yeah, I think he will. We just see Dom Young in a Roosters jersey I did. yesterday. I was very going to go to there see. next. Yeah, very nice. Ah, uh, it's almost like that sombrero is getting bigger. Uh, you got to laugh about it because uh, no. But if you actually look, see, if you actually look at their side at the moment, I don't think that argument can be made anymore. Oh man, it shouldn't have been made in the first place. <laughs> well, yeah, you're right. You're right. It shouldn't have been made in the first place. But um, I think they've they've actually just re-signed a lot of their own talent. Like they had a huge off season where they re-signed tons of their own talent. So. I don't think that, that that joke sort of stands up now. Oh, I love that from you. Coming from uh, and I'm not, a Ro- I'm not a Roosters <laughs> fan. Let me. 2019 broke my heart. I, I haven't forgotten it. But yeah. yeah. Well, there's actually a text here from Andrew. Come on, guys. More NRL talk. Only four weeks until trials. Cricket season basically over if it ever began. Lol. Andrew from Manly Weather. Well, you're talking to the wrong bloke there. Yeah. Uh, yeah but yeah, yeah. I am an NRL fan equally as much as I am a cricket fan. And I can't wait as well. Oh, it's funny. Like I got my, so I got my visa appointment came through yesterday for Vegas. Oh, Vegas so, yes. And I thought, oh my goodness, that is creeping up. Like, you know, yeah. ve- we've got Vegas creeping up. Um, we've got the trials. Um, and I'm so interested in so many teams, particularly the Bulldogs of the one, the, that first yeah. round Bulldogs team. Really interests me. Yeah, can't wait for that. Breakfast is powered by Kubota. For over 40 years, we've been making tomorrow matter, shaping and building Australia together. Summer breakfast on SEN, Thursday the 11th of January. We're here for Bryden's Lawyers. Unable to work due to injury or illness? Contact Bryden's Lawyers. Good morning to everyone. Across the SEN network, SEN 1170 AM here in Sydney and SENQ 693 AM in Brisbane for the rest of the week. And everyone else across the network. It's Jaleesa Apps and Trent Copeland with you this morning talking all the biggest news in sport. Pick up the phone and speak with us on the Suncorp open line, one 1170 and get your home storm season ready with Suncorp. That number again, one 1170 If you can't listen live and you missed Jaleesa's morning, it's been a ride. Uh, check oh, out the podcast. has been a bit going on. <laughs> but the great news is you're through the other side. Yeah, feel free to Back call online. me. Yeah, my phone is now working. <laughs> I 
I need to, yeah, actually make that happen. Uh, today's guest, Sydney oh, Thunder. <laughs> we have a phone number that we've already given out, one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. You can get as close as you like through there. Uh, the Sydney Thunder's Alex Ross will be joining us, and we've obviously had Brett Phillips and Mitch Abaya from Sportsbet on the line. We mentioned a little earlier some of the headlines. The NFL coaching merry-go-round is continuing. Mike Vrabel from the Tennessee Titans has been sacked and we are hearing ESPN reporting this morning. Pete Carroll from the Seahawks is potentially out, may stay on in the organization, but he's potentially out of the head coach job in Seattle, which is feels like he's been there for 100 years. Uh, the In the NRL, the Panthers have granted Zach Hosking an immediate release from the club to take up a three-year deal with the Raiders. 26-year-old had a breakout season last year, scoring Three tries in his 21 appearances. And Tavita Pangai Jr., TPJ, was at Broncos training yesterday, fueling speculation that he might be eyeing a return to rugby league after he walked out on that 750 grand contract a season for the Bulldogs to pursue his boxing career. Alex Dimonor last night claimed his fourth top 10 scalp in 10 days in that charity match against Carlos Alcaraz at Rod Laver Arena. But the big news in the last week has been David Warner's retirement, Steve Smith and the conjecture around Cameron Bancroft, Matt Renshaw and Marcus Harrison, and even Cameron Green thrown into the mix there on who would replace Davey Warner at the top of the order for Australia's test team. George Bailey had a press conference yesterday in reference to the fact that Steve Smith will open the batting for Australia and Cameron Green is the selection into the 11 to replace David Warner he will bat at number four. Matt Renshaw comes into the squad as the reserve batter. And Scott Boland has also been included in the squad. Here's George Bailey firstly talking about the announcement of Steve Smith to the top of the order and Cameron Green into the 11. Steve Smith will be opening the batting and Cameron Green will come into the number four position, which is fantastic. A number of factors. I think um, first and foremost, regard in which we we hold Cameron um, and I think the way the the rest of that batting order is functioning left us feeling like that we have someone who we think is pretty talented who potentially was going to find it hard to get any test cricket in the next period 12 months or so so um you know trying to trying to work out a way and and not and you know i don't think that's going to be particularly beneficial for for greeny and i think we can get a lot of benefits out of him playing so working through some of the solutions to that and how he could potentially slot in and where that could be i mean steve steve's obviously motivated and energized and, and keen to do it there were plenty uh plenty within the team who uh were pretty keen to go on record and say that they weren't keen to do it so it was refreshing that um steve had come forward and and said he wanted it and it was something that you know we'd, we'd been chatting about in the background as a as a selection panel um with the coaches as well and with pat just around if you were going to rejig it what some of the potential options were so that's interesting, and there's been a lot of conjecture around this, Jaleesa. Before we actually delve into opinion and, and our takes on that, uh, we've got more on the Steve Smith decision, but what we might do is actually reflect on the Matt Renshaw element of this decision with George Bailey. We've obviously gone for Matt Renshaw as uh, as the reserve batter in this squad. I think ultimately you can you can mount statistically some strong cases for for a number of players i think you know cam's one of those marcus harris who's who's been on a number of tours as a spare batter um i know the focus has been heavily on on the opening batters but also i think aaron hardy and, and nathan mcsweeney are two 
two young guys who we're really impressed with too, who are starting to put some some pretty impressive numbers up there um, to challenge for some spots as well. So there's a handful of guys I think who are challenging. Cam's Sheffield Shield record over the last couple of years has obviously been phenomenal, and it's made this decision really challenging. A line ball call. The decision to get Cam into the team was around we want our best six batters playing and as it currently stands, the panel sees Matt Renshaw as, as our next best batsman. Uh, I said this at the start of the show, but I didn't. Um, I don't find it unrealistic to say, okay, well, let's put Steve Smith at the top and so we can get um, Cam Green in there. I thought think maybe the public are having a harder sell on at Renshaw over Bancroft. I think that's where the difficulty and maybe all the rhetoric is coming from. But I was just wondering, do you think the age of both players also plays into it? So Cameron Bancroft is 31, Matt Renshaw is 27. They're clearly starting to plan for the future by getting Cam Green into the side. Are they also starting um, that planning with Renshaw as well? Possibly, uh, but I don't. I certainly don't think 31 for a batter is anywhere near the end either. So well, it's not. If you look at like Mike Hussey is the classic yeah, example. Usman Khawaja yeah. in his last couple yeah. of years yeah, since true. he returned to the team. So yeah. I, I wouldn't imagine that that's explicitly relevant to this scenario. But importantly, the grab out of that that I think is most pertinent is we think we've picked the best six batters in the country. Mm. That's important mm-hmm. because – no matter who you think should have got the job, no matter ex players' opinions, no matter what you've seen with your own eyeballs, the job of selectors is to pick the best team. And Cameron Bancroft could absolutely have played and probably done very well. Mm-hmm. I don't have any doubt about that. And certainly from my experience bowling in domestic cricket, he's arguably the hardest bloke to get out in the game. But there's a decision to be made on who we think our best team is. Mm-hmm. And if you if you're needing to get picked, you've actually got to displace someone. Yes. So for Cameron Bancroft to get picked in this team, he needed to be better than someone mm. that's exact, that's in the 11. Now, Matt Renshaw, fair question, because he's the other extended squad member. Uh, there's a discussion to be made there. But during this whole process, there's been questions on Sandpaper Gate, the team environment, and certainly the fact that Cameron Bancroft may be being left out for anything other than a cricketing decision. Here's what George Bailey had to say on that. I'm glad you asked that because I wanted to touch on it. Categorically, no. And I've shared this with Cameron on a, on a number of occasions. It has never at any stage been discussed as a from the panel's perspective. Uh, it's purely a cricketing decision. There is not a member of the team that would have uh, an issue with with Cam playing. We, we certainly don't have an issue with it. Um, I, I think a lot of people tend to forget the fact that Cam's actually played test cricket since returning from the ban, it was a long time ago. Um, we've all moved well past that. I'd be disappointed if that's why, if if people were looking to that as a as a reason. Um, and you know, all I can do is is reiterate to you and and, and to Cam um, that that's that's not the case. Um, never has been and never will be. One three hundred oh one eleven seventy is the Suncorp open line. Oh four five seven seven three six seven three six is the Edgewater. Holmes text line. Tell us what you think about this whole scenario whilst we're talking about this, Jaleesa. We just heard George Bailey. Cameron Bancroft's manager, Ben Tippett, was on SEN last night. And just in reference to the last part of what George Bailey said on, I've, I've referenced this many times to Cam that this is just not the case. Well, his, Cameron Bancroft's manager, Ben Tippett, told SEN that Pat Cummins had personally phoned Cameron Bancroft to assure him that he wasn't off with his teammates.
it was actually good. Pat Cummins even called Cam today and and just made sure that he he knew that there was no issue from the players. So I, I can say and and I truly believe that none of the guys have any issue there. And um, yeah, that's that's something we've had sort of time to address and and asked the question about numerous times and and always said that there's nothing there. So I, I do believe George on that one. So I just I, I just want to. F- wrap a bow on this and say, can we just get that out of the conversation? Because it's so long ago. He's played since then. The respect level amongst domestic cricket for Cameron Bancroft as a cricketer is as high as anyone else. And the runs that he's put up, his resume is phenomenal, but it does not owe you a spot in the Australian cricket team. You need to displace someone else. And at this point, the Australian selectors think it's someone else's gig. Mm. What a, well, a very classy act from Pat Cummins too, to, um, show that kind of leadership to know that Cameron Bancroft, no doubt, is hearing what everyone is saying, is reading what everyone is writing. And maybe he, because he, he said himself last week that he has, doesn't think there's any issue with anyone in the side, that or yep. the bowlers in particular. Uh, he said himself, but maybe if you're reading it all the time, you could have a little bit of doubt start to creep in. So classy act from Pat Cummins to make sure he knew not that it isn't. Yeah, absolutely. And just to finalise George Bailey's press conference yesterday, it, it was clear to everyone that when he came to speak and Matt Renshaw was the selection in the squad and whilst not playing, they had made a decision that Renshaw comes in, Bancroft does not. So here's what George Bailey said on what Cameron Bancroft can do to bang on, down the door. No, he is banging down the door. Yeah, as I said, I think there's a number of players that are banging down the door, and uh, and that's great. Like, it's it's not a bad thing that these uh, that you're having to make line ball decisions. It's actually um, it's actually a really a good thing, as as hard as it is, and as hard as those phone calls yesterday are to make to let Marcus Harris and Cam Bancroft know that they're they're not going to be part of it because you know I, I empathise with how they as excited as as Matt Renshaw and Cameron Green uh, are. Um, you know, there's always guys on the other side of the, the coin who are who are shattered, who are working their backsides off, um, have had opportunities. They, they, you know, all of those guys know what it's like to be part of that test team. Uh, all of them are striving to get back there, and and there will be. And it, it, as I said, this is a, a line ball decision. It's a moment. It's a moment in time of how we see it at the moment. There will be opportunities going forward, and there's no doubt that part of cricket selection is being in the right place at the right time, and you know, being playing at or close to your best at the right time. But unfortunately, you can only you can only ever pick 11. We've got an interesting test text here saying, is not picking Bancroft a PR decision to generate interest in watching Green and Smith bat in an otherwise low-status series? I would have thought the PR decision would be to pick him. But I also don't think selectors are making PR decisions. <laughs> they are absolutely not. Uh, and this yeah. is, yeah... Thank you for the text messages. We want them to keep flying in. An opinion is what drives yeah, this course. show. And Thanks, Rob. Interest in cricket in general, other sports as well. Mm. Uh, but my whole opinion on all of this is that the selection panel have sat down, whether you like it or not, and particularly Cameron Bancroft, has got every right to be filthy. You know, that's part of professional sport. And you can absolutely be sitting back in your lounge room, in the car on the road right now, listening to this and saying, Trent, I think you're wrong. No doubt. That, that's absolutely fine. And call in. Call in, get one, a, go on. one give... 1170 <laughs> Yeah, I, I think the, the important thing, though, is that, like George Bailey just alluded to, this is a moment-in-time decision. It may well be different. Um, it, it's one of those things that it's, 
oftentimes numbers aren't everything. It's also gut feel. So uh, it, it's tough. Anyway, let's get on to a few of these texts. Uh, morning team. This one's from Mitch in Canberra. Why do we really care who the reserve batter is? Green has replaced Warner in the team and not Renshaw. Move on, everyone. It's interesting. Yeah, I mean, I think that we don't really care who the reserve batter is unless uh, there's a storyline around like like this Cameron Bancroft storyline. Otherwise, I couldn't care less. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, there's one here from, uh, I can't see it down the bottom now, but it says, Hi, Trent and JA. I agree with you that you have to displace a player to get into the test team, but Green never held a spot. He was displaced by Marsh and hasn't done anything to earn the recall. It's shades of Marsh's early career, picked on potential Bancroft has made the runs. Green isn't in the top, top six batters for Australia. Well, to be honest, and this, this is part of the confusing rhetoric around this story, is a lot of the WA media ex-players have been, you know, is this a WA thing or it's disrespecting the Shield? Well, Cameron Green's numbers in the Sheffield Shield are as good, if not better, than every other batter in the discussion. Mm. The only question around Cameron Green was if he was picked to open where he had never batted before at Sheffield Shield. But his numbers are better than Cameron Bancroft's, maybe not in the last 12 months, because he's been off representing Australia at World Cups and playing other formats for Australia as well. The one game he did play for WA this year, he scored 93 runs. So, look, my own personal opinion, and this is from my own eyeballs with the ball in my hand, Cameron Green is A, younger, B, potentially the all-round package, and C, Arguably a better batsman right now than Cameron Bancroft. If he's batting at number four, even more so. So it's a difficult one, but the realities of sport, it's tough. Uh, This one from the Noosa Bronco. Hey team, George Bailey was quoted yesterday that they have picked the six best batters in the country as we were just talking about. Well, that's not just not true. Stats must be incorrect. It's (laughs) there's plenty of this, isn't there? Jaleesa. It's, it's, it's a tough one. It's divided opinion. Uh, there's another one here. Uzi and Smith might work, but damn, we're going to have a low strike rate for opening. That was my question the other day when we were on together, was replacing Davey Warner and his strike rate of 70. Yeah. You know, how are we, how are we going to navigate that? Yeah. Um, Steve Smith certainly won't be striking at 70, but our middle order is going to. That's for sure. This is a bit off top. Oh, I've just lost it. There was a... Uh, oh, there was a text from the reptile. Sorry, the texts keep moving around. There was a reptile. Oh, here it is. G'day, Shaggers. Oh, honestly, Warner, this is back on Warner taking, getting a chopper in. Warner is giving up a good party to come entertain the fans and all the people can do is say he's selfish and attack him about it. It's an absolute joke, the reptile. Totally agree with that. Call us in on that as well. Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, the Brisbane Eel copes ever since Langer departed. It's been a democracy for the team. Don't be surprised if Cummins pops himself up the order for the Gabba game and Manus opens the bowling. Wow, geez, that's that's also pretty harsh. But anyway, we love your opinions flying in on the text line. We'll have plenty more of that coming up after the break. As Berendorf bowls to Nisa, he hoists this long six over backward square. He just leant back on the back foot, went Wooshka, and in the meantime, brings up his 50. Berendorf bowls again, off his pads, over the boundary for six again. Nice is on fire. Put him up the order. Here we go, we're hoping for a six, and you've got it! You've got it, another six. 
over deep mid-wicket for Nisa. What an innings. He finishes 64 not out of 30 balls. And the Heat finish 6 for 191. Take a bow, Michael Nisa. What a knock. That's Jason Matthews calling Michael Nisa's 64 not out from 30 balls last night. In the Brisbane Heats win over the Perth Scorchers at the Gabba, locking in top spot at the SEN commentary team. They're, they're absolutely flying at the moment. Mm. Uh, they're back in action tonight with the Hobart Hurricanes hosting the Adelaide Strikers. SEN, full coverage from 7pm, 6pm in Queensland, every game live on SEN. Uh, we've got a text, another text here from the Reptile. G'day, Shaggers. Whenever JA is on, I can't get a text read out. So no problem, J.A., who gives a rat's about your Telstra problems? And I would rather listen to anybody else, as you know, zero about sport, the reptile. The reptile, it takes us a bit to get to the text. And I ironically read your text, which I agreed with about David Warner before. But it's also interesting that you bring this up because we actually had our production meeting this morning and I said, guys, I don't care what's in the show at all. But I just will not read a text from the reptile. You are so important to SEN that we have regular meetings about you. (laughs) (laughs) Keep texting in, reptile. We love it. Uh, It's John from the Sunshine Coast has called in on the open line. Bancroft v Renshaw. How are you, John? Yeah, good, guys. How's yourself this morning? Good. Thanks for calling in. This is really relaxed and just I'm super chill, mate. (laughs) (laughs) How are you going? What do you got, John? Um, I, just in regards to the uh, Bancroft and Renshaw, I, I, I mean, we, we have spoken and heard you guys speak about the, uh, you know, the, the, the team not being off Bancroft or anything and him being back in the, the test team since. But was there not a period after that time that he uh, did a podcast and uh, ha- had a bit of a chat saying that he, he you know, it, it was pretty much that the bowlers were aware of what was going on and the, the bowling team were actually forced to release a uh, statement saying that they, they weren't. So I'm wondering if that you know, has been sort of kept or swept under the carpet a little bit. But in regards to Renshaw, uh, he's been batting around that 3-4-5 for Queensland for a little bit of time uh, recently as well. So, you know, finding him as that replacement batsman that can cover from the top to 5-6 to is probably a smarter option than the other guys that have primarily been sitting around that, you know, 1, 2 or 3. So, mm. you know, it, it does make sense there. And, and my final point as an unabashed Brisbane Heat fan and, and, and Michael Nisa last night, we're going to lose a fair few players from Brisbane over the next week before final starts. I think the whole top six batsmen last night are, are gone from the team for the next game. So, um, you know, that's a, a bit of a interruption to the BBL from the, the test cricket and whatnot. But, um, yeah, that's my view this morning, guys, and I, I hope you have a great day ahead. Love your work, John. You've covered many topics there, and I think it's one of the challenges for the BBL is international player availability and each team's mm. list managers working out who's going to be available when and trying to find that mix of players that are going to be available the whole time or do you go for the superstar that's going to maybe miss the business end of the tournament? It's tricky. Nightmare if you're doing super coach too. Yes, that's absolutely right. <laughs> it's not to like out. NRL super coach where you sort of know unless anyone gets injured. Yeah. But yeah, BBL super coach. Tough times. Thanks, John, for your call this morning. There's Thank lots you, to talk about in terms of the Australian test team, but also the BBL and plenty of other sports. We'll tackle that after the news. Thanks, Nathan. We're here for Bing Lee, better living every day. Now, we've just been talking about the Australian top order in the test team, but 
A real theme of the morning has been talking about helicopters, the BBL, what's going to happen for the final series, and who better to talk to than the Sydney Thunder's middle-order man. It's Alex Ross, who's on the line at the moment. Rossi, good morning. Morning, Coach. How are guys? How are you going? Yeah, we're going well, mate. Uh, my first question to you, it's a big topic of the morning. Uh are you going to not hang in Sydney in the morning on Friday and drive to the Hunter so you can be on the chopper into the SCG <laughs> precinct? What is going on here? Uh, the chopper might cost more than my entire contract, Coach, as a, <laughs> a middle-order player and a, and a grinder through the middle. So um, if, if there's a spare seat, uh, I do like my wine too, so I might head up there and, uh, and have a couple before coming in for the game. <laughs> um, I haven't I haven't heard anything about uh, Davey coming in yet, so um, I'm uh, I'm I'm sure I'll be as aware as everyone else is in the media uh, as to when he's in or not. Yeah, well, hopefully he is. Uh, he was. It was supposed to be landing on Allianz. He's actually going to go straight into the SCG. So that's the plan at this point. <laughs> oh it's going to be. A, I know it's going to be a very tight turnaround. <laughs> but but in all seriousness, it, is, it does show a pretty big commitment to the BBL, doesn't it? Particularly where unfortunately you can't make the finals. Oh yeah, hundred percent. I mean, wouldn't that just be an amazing skeptical, um, an amazing thing to see? Uh, to see Daisy fly into the chopper before the game, I think it would, you know, it'd probably make world headlines around cricket and be it would be great for the competition. So it'd be awesome to see, and and he does love this competition. So um, it would be great to see him in. And and what we've seen in the last couple of games with the Australian Test players flying back is how much they add to this competition. So fingers crossed for us, it does happen. And I'd <laughs> I would love to see it. You, you might see me laughing uh, the whole way through. So it'd be. It would be pretty hilarious. We we had Mitch from Sportsbet on earlier. We've been talking all week about niche markets for the Super Bowl and things like <laughs> that with the Gatorade colour. I was on Mitch this morning to get a market up for the time of arrival of the helicopter into the SCG. Uh, there's going to be plenty of interest around it. But speaking of interest, the Sydney Smash Friday night, Sixers v Thunder at the SCG, it sounds like it's going to be a sellout. Uh, it, it must be amazing to see the crowds that are streaming back through the gates this year, yeah, just incredible, Coach. I mean, we've we've seen uh, we've actually played in front of uh, two sellouts now. One at our home ground for the other Sydney Smash, and then one in uh, the Gabba against uh, the Brisbane Heat. So it's, it is amazing to be playing in front of these crowds, especially just as domestic cricketers. It's it's really special and something that everyone really looks forward to. You walk out with a extra spring in your step, and um, it's it's great to see the health of the competition um, coming back to where it was really flourishing a couple of years ago. I mean, you can't make, as I mentioned before, you can't make the, the finals, but it, how much does this spectacle kind of, I guess, give you a little bit more to play for when you are in, in that position? And also to have the stars back, to have Warner and Smith, like it is a pretty spectacular game. How much does it lift you for it? Yeah, exactly. I mean, you want to be playing against the best players in the world. So whether you, you, you know, people say, oh, well, do you want Smith in the side? Well, absolutely. That's that's the side we want to play against is is the best we can. So um, we're really excited for the challenge. And we are still actually a mathematical challenge, of make, uh, mathematical chance of making finals. So oh, I, um, I think we need every single game to go our way. But uh, folks would know we've got uh, Dan Christian in our lineup. His nickname's actually Siri. So he yeah. came through with uh, a, a, an equation where we still make the final. Um, do you which, have the yeah. equation? What's the equation? I mean, I'm sort of putting you on the spot here. What's the equation? <laughs> Well, last night's game didn't matter. Um, I okay. think that the rest of the scorches and heat games don't matter. Okay. Um, and then basically we need 
it, it will end up um, fourth equal with the strikers on nine points um, and then need to beat them on net run rate. Um, okay, so what you're telling so that, us that, is that would... Friday night at the G, you'd need to knock off the sixes and when you're talking net run rate for the uninitiated, mm. that's like the margin of victory, runs scored, wickets lost, all of that. So what you're telling me is when you bat on Friday night, you're going to be trying to hit every ball for six. Is that right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what we've been trying to do most of the year. It just hasn't quite been so successful <laughs> so far. Um, like, like all the best coaches say, just hit every ball for six but don't get out. Um, that's been the plan. <laughs> hey, just talk to us about, we mentioned Steve Smith uh, in the BBL context, but you're a cricket lover. I know you commentate the Sheffield Shield. You've seen domestic cricket for a long time. Uh, yeah, question without notice here on the Australian scenario. Do you think Steve Smith opening the batting, uh, Cameron Green into the lineup at number four? There's been a lot of conjecture around, you know, a slap in the face to the Shield and stuff like that. What What are your thoughts? Yeah, it's an interesting one. I mean, I've got a, a couple of opinions. I, I agree with the comments about Steve Smith being an absolute genius. I think him going to open the batting, he, he's every chance of being, you know, the best opener in the world within 12 months. Someone said that the other day. But at the same time, Coach, I think I'm a little bit disappointed for what Sheffield Shield cricket means now. Um, that would be my personal opinion. Um, just from the, from the point of view, guys have worked so hard and, um, if that's not necessarily rewarded, I'm, I'm then nervous about, you know, look at someone like Jake Fraser-McGurk, who you know, has made Shield 100 this year. He's, he's a wonderful talent for Australia. We've all seen that. Um, what's stopping him now going, well, if Shield cricket selection doesn't matter um, to being picked for Australia, then why would I continue to, you know, ply my craft there? I might as well go and play the white ball stuff, mm. which is a lot more lucrative. The carrot is hanging right in front of his face, I'm sure, at the moment after the big bash he's had. And then if I go and do that, then... You know, chances are I'm in the best six batters in the country at some point. Um, I'll just come back and play test cricket then. Um, so that, that, that's my concern with how it all played out um, without, you know, rewarding the, the hard work that, a, um, you know, a Cameron Bancroft, a Matt Renshaw, you know, Marcus Harris has, has put in the work to be selected in that spot, which is obviously, you know, it's been two or three years that they've been talking about that opening spot coming up too. Um, so that's probably my personal opinion on it. Um, Obviously, play with with bangers too. I threw an arm around him yesterday, but uh, I'll let him tell his sort of side of the story when when he does to the media. What and what is? I know you don't want to um, give his um, opinion on it, but uh, you said you threw an arm around him. How was he to you? And what kind of person is he for those of us who don't have an up close dealing with him? Yeah, I mean, he was he was bitterly disappointed. Um, I don't think that'd be any shock. I mean. He's yeah. put in the hard work. He's, he's, his, his numbers speak for themselves over the last couple of years. Anyone that's played um, with or against him in Shield Cricket knows how good a player he is. You just, you just can't seem to get him out. He makes runs against every team at, at every location. So, um, yeah, as I said, he, he's very disappointed. Um, and then, to be honest, the, the, what, what he did is he just went and hit balls for mm. three hours and, um, and did some sprinting training. Um, so that's the kind of player Cameron Bancroft is. Yeah, back um, to his craft. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not surprised yeah, exactly. at all. And you mentioned domestic cricket. I said off the top today that if you're asking me who's the hardest bloke to get out in Sheffield Shield cricket with a new ball, it's it's Cameron Bancroft. And and yeah. Marcus Harris is right there in that equation. Um, so there's a lot of guys. You could argue that Marcus Harris too has been the best person to be ready to go for some time. But because he's then not played a lot of cricket whilst carrying the drinks for Australia, 
hasn't had the same opportunity. Cameron Green, I guess, hasn't played much Shield cricket this year because he's been playing World Cups and things like that. It's a, it's a tricky scenario, isn't it, Rossi? Yeah, it's a tough one. And, and like I said right at the top of this conversation, I still think what they're doing isn't necessarily the wrong thing. I just think it's difficult when you don't reward um, the Shield for, for, the, for the hard work that people put in. You know, Steve Smith's going to go up the top of the order if that's what happens. And he's going to be incredible, I think. Um, and then, you know, we all know how good Cameron Green is too. And his record at number four for WA is something like average of 65 across, you know, 20-odd games as a 20, you know, 21 through 23-year-old is an absolute joke. So, um, yeah, I can see exactly what they're doing. I think it'll actually be successful. I just fear for the health of domestic competitions when test cricket at the moment, um, we've seen all the news around the South African stuff and how White Ball's taking over and, and, you know, how many lucrative contracts are out there for T20 players. Um, yeah, that, that's my fear. It's one of those things, yeah. It's a good point, Rossi, and I, I love it, your opinions that you're happy to give on the fielding mic throughout mm. games, and so kudos to you for that. Um, it, it's a tough one because the other thing is it's also your job to be doing that. It, it's your job to be churning out runs, and it's not you, you're not owed a position in the Australian cricket team. It, it, there are times, and particularly in, you know, I'm sure you're like me, the nostalgic moments of watching the invincible Australian cricket team winning 16 tests in a row and things like that, there was probably 10 blokes averaging 60 in domestic cricket that couldn't get a game. And it, and it wasn't to say that they were no good or couldn't do it, but it was just absolutely that you've got to replace someone in the team. But very few people do any job in life not wanting a promotion. Uh, exactly right. And he's got every right to be disappointed and upset. Mm. And it's nothing about that, but uh, it's tough picking cricket teams. Uh, Rossi, more importantly, you've got the Sydney Smash coming up. Friday night, Sixers v. The Thunder. And as you told us, mate, mathematical chance of making the finals. So how about you go and make that happen, eh? Good luck. Yeah, wouldn't that be great? Thanks for having me on again, guys. I uh, really appreciate it. And uh, yeah, look forward to seeing everyone out uh, at the City Smash. Can't Thank wait you to, very much. Can't Alan. wait to see the helicopter land there yeah. before 5 o'clock. Get <laughs> oh, us, Get us some video <laughs> footage of that, will you? Yeah. <laughs> I'll have a front row seat. That'll be amazing. <laughs> Good on you, Rossi. <laughs> We're here for Brighton's lawyers unable to work due to injury or illness. Contact Brighton's lawyers. We've had texts flying in all morning. Uh, as the reptile said, we can't get to all of them. Uh, it's not personal. Yeah, but please keep uh, please sending. Please keep texting them in. 0457 736 736 and the Suncorp open line 1300 01 1170. This one from Rooster Man. We just had Alex Ross on. We've had Jordan Silk as a regular from the Sixers as well. He says, Jordan and Alex are great additions to SEN. They just talk unfiltered. Love it. I actually echo that sentiment. I think it's great yeah. when players are actually able to articulate but also sit in their opinion on the big topics. It's been brilliant to have that that access. Yeah. Uh, morning team, Renshaw is a younger left-hander to replace Usman when needed. I would also suggest if he is the 12th man, a more versatile fielder. Not sure if that plays a major role in selections. That's interesting. I mean, that may well be the perception. My perception of the scenario is that Cameron Bancroft is one of the best fielders in the game. So uh, I don't think fielding mm. has probably come into it. Bancroft, short leg, slips catcher. Renshaw also uh, a very good slips catcher. And they're both good outfielders. So uh, I'm not sure it's necessarily a tiebreaker in that regard. But the left-hander, younger, when we lose both Davey and Usman eventually, uh, I wonder if that does come into the equation. George Bailey also mentioned Aaron Hardy and Nathan McSweeney mm. as two of the other younger players floating around. So. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. 
Um, Smith being selected as opener has definitely made the next test more interesting to watch. For me, for me, we will have to we have to talk cricket. I will be taking him top run scorer in the series. Andrew from Manly Weather. Yeah, I mean, for for what we were saying, sort of leaning into the cricket, um, that maybe it was a little bit of a struggle this summer in terms of interest. I think that the Pakistan series was really interesting and this has yeah. certainly added an, another storyline. Great to wake up to you two in the mornings, Trent. We are so fortunate to have your personal insights as I haven't heard from any other Sheffield Shield bowlers who have played against all those in contention for the national batting positions. This is from Paramat. Which of those in contention is the toughest batter you've tried to remove copes? Paramat. Thanks, Paramat. And yes, we're very lucky to have you because you're working about 50 other jobs at the moment. <laughs> Hardest working man I think I've ever come across. Oh, well, uh, it's also because I love it. So thank you for the text. That's great. And I mean, my opinion, I just shared it during the interview with uh, Alex Ross that I think Cameron Bancroft and probably Marcus Harris alongside uh, as two of the hardest guys for different reasons. But if you're talking, you need someone to bat for your life. I'm picking Cameron Bancroft in terms of just his ability to protect his wicket, uh, test match temperament. Um, I think it's definitely there. Um, will we see that on the national stage? I don't know. And, and the reason it's been a really interesting discussion is because Harris, Renshaw and Bancroft all have played test cricket of varying matches but their numbers mm. are incredibly similar mm. from 27 to 29 average, similar amount of runs, similar amount of success, a bit of success, but not so much that you just couldn't leave them out of the team. Yeah. Um, which is why it's been so fascinating. I guess so many divided opinions. Mm. Um, Eagle Vale Rabbit says, I don't get the hype with green at all, but playing the Windies, he should get a few runs. Bancroft was dudded. I mean, yeah, you can't really get a better time than this to be sort of have all this pressure on you. Oh, I've got to say, unless let's get one thing clear. Cameron Green is probably the best talent that I've seen come out of Sheffield Shield cricket in the last 15 years. Mm -hmm. His numbers with the bat alone, forget his bowling, the fact yep. that he's seven foot at release and can bowl 140 Ks an hour. Yeah. He's batting, he averages 50 in Shield cricket. He's batted in the top four. Every time he plays, he scores runs. He scored 100 after 100 after 100. Mm. So, yeah, the numbers in isolation for the last two seasons aren't as good as Cameron Bancroft in totality. Mm -hmm. But this guy is, forget the bowling for a minute. He's in the conversation to be a better batsman than Cameron Bancroft already. He's 22 years old and he's also potentially one of our best when he finishes his career, he could be the greatest all-rounder we've ever had. I That's get the scared talent. when people say things like that. Because I feel like it's so much pressure. But it's not. But it's not a flippant comment. That's how good he is. Yeah. Oh no, I have no doubt. And you, you've of course made the the points to back it up. I just get a bit worried that it is a lot of pressure, isn't it? Because also you're going into a series where you're going to be expected to score a lot. Yeah. Like well, like the criticism that will come if he doesn't, and let's hope that that doesn't happen. Yeah. Will be thick and fast. It will be, but that's international cricket, I guess. And if you're going to play at the level, you've got to expect criticism to come your way and scrutiny if you don't aim up on your performances. Summer Brecky here on SEN. Oh, Jaleesa Apps and Trent Copeland here this morning. Pedro the Roosters text in. Why don't you marry Cameron Greencopes? <laughs> it's He's already got a partner. It's such a. So do I. So I don't think that's going to happen, but my love for him is true. It's authentic <laughs> and it's worthy in my opinion. 
Fair enough. <laughs> oh, dear. When we sit on our opinion and it's all in one favour, uh, I'm happy to cop it, Pedro. This so, one well I, I found really interesting from Perro03. Good morning, Trent. So if Steve Smith fails as an opener, this is an interesting scenario. Does that mean that he gets squeezed out of the team or does he get a cushy ride back to the number four spot based on his record? Hoping horses for courses when we come to selections, regardless of how great Steve Smith is. They're not getting rid of Steve Smith. No, they wouldn't. And I think at, at that then, point, as George Bailey said in his press conference yesterday, if that was the case and, and opening wasn't working for Steve Smith, they would go back to, okay, what is our best six batters right now in the country? And if Steve Smith at number four is in that, and they believe that that, and I think he's earned the right for that to be an opportunity for him to go back there and say, can you still perform at that spot? If it's then not the case, then the decision might be made. I wouldn't, I also wouldn't call it cushy. Test yeah. cricket is not easy <laughs> yeah. no matter where you bat. It, it'd be very hard though for someone to lose their spot because someone's not performing in another spot, even if, you know, he is the better one at number four. Tough, com- tough conversations, but that's what selecting test match cricket teams is all about. Uh, yeah. Julian King on from 9am. He's going to have Barat Sundaraisen on there talking about the West Indies cricket team that are here. He's been at the CA11 match uh, against the West Indies, so I can fill you in on that. Jaleesa, what are you up to the rest of the day? Uh, I am reading the sport on our Morning in Arvo news and doing Perfect. something in between. <laughs> <laughs> something in between. We'll be back tomorrow. Thanks for joining us here on SEN this morning. Thank you.